You're listening to audio from Citizens Church, located in Plano, Texas. For more information about this ministry or to give to this ministry, please visit citizenschurch.com. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bianca. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to see you guys. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, Like Bianca said, my name is Corey. I am one of the ministers on staff. I have the joy of working with students here. Uh, It is my absolute privilege to have done so for about five years working with my students uh, and their incredible huddle leaders and all the parents that are represented the student ministry. I get to hang out in Kid City a lot. So if you brought your kid in here this morning, uh, I'm sort of a familiar face. Uh, It's good to to be with you guys this morning. If you are a guest, I want to say to you again, welcome. We're really glad you've chosen to be with us uh, to finish your year and to move forward with the new year uh, together. If Citizens Church is home, uh, I'm glad that you're back. Uh, A little over a month ago, Uh, I had the opportunity to speak at a high school chapel. Uh, This is something that happens to me quite often. I get uh, emails or calls or texts from my friends in the city that ask me to come in and speak uh, at chapels. Uh, And this happened about a month ago at a high school here locally. Uh, And I I like it even more when they give me a topic instead of just saying, come and speak. Uh, And this time they gave me the topic of of something uh, around the lines of like Jesus' countercultural way uh, of living his life. Uh, And I started my time with those students by posing a question, a scenario and a question to them. Uh, It sounded like this. I said, it's the end of a typical day for you as a student. You're you're home. You're finally done with everything. And your best friend texts you, how was your day? Right. And I asked him, I said, what would your answer be? And I I asked them to to talk about it for a second. And the room erupted uh, with conversation about what their day was like. And And I watched uh, this frenetic energy just rise up in the room. And so I want, I want to ask you guys then, if I were to ask you, after the season that we've been in, that we've just finished, or maybe even just in general, hey, h- how are you? Uh, Chad just said to me a minute ago, this is a church. He goes, this is a church filled with your friends. And I look around and I see my friends. And so if I was sitting with you, my friend, and I just said, hey, how are you? How, how's life? I wonder, I wonder how many of you would say something to me like this. I wonder how often your answer would be, man, I'm, I'm busy. Followed by some sort of a, a sigh or a beleaguered look, or immediately you run back to the list of things that you have yet to accomplish for the day because you have so much going on. I wonder if you're busy. Today, specifically, I want to talk about two things. Here at the end of 23, preparing to walk into 24 tomorrow. Uh, And here's the two things. First is this, busy, busy. Busy is hurting us. Friends, busy is hurting us. It is not being kind to us. Regardless of how busy appears in your life, as a culture, as a people, we sit under the weight of doing too much. It's moved way past the excuse of it's just a season into it's the standard operating procedure for most of us. Second, the second thing I want to talk about is this, is that while busy is hurting us, Jesus wants to help us. He has a better way for us. Jesus calls us to find life in being with him and becoming like him. And in doing the things that he does, we will find life. So let's pray then around those two things and let's really dive in. Lord God, we pray towards these things this morning. God, help us to have eyes to see uh, that if our lives truly are too busy, 
Lord God, we come to you to find answers. We come to you to slow down and find life. Lord God, may we be mindful that you long to help us. You long to bring us life. So, Father, as we dive into your word, as we spend this time together, would you speak? I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I don't know about you. I know my days are really full. Um, like a lot of you, my answer to the question that I pose to those students that I ask you is probably very commonly busy. That's probably a really common answer for you uh, is, is busy. Uh, as a husband to a wife who's really good at her job and a dad to three really active kiddos, I feel the reality of busy, often trying to do more in a day that it can legitimately hold. Um, there's a definite reality to all of this. It, it is a constant battle for me, fighting busy. This is a real thing for me. Uh, with, a, with a wife that I want to be near and three kids that I really enjoy being around in a ministry full of a couple hundred students and their leaders and these parents, there's a lot going on in my life as well. I am busy. Um, I, I even consider my lens as this as a youth minister. Um, I started in youth ministry in 1997. Okay, I know that a lot of you weren't alive yet. We don't need to talk about that, okay? In 1997, things were different. Troy Aikman was the quarterback of the Cowboys. It's my guy. <laughs> yeah, dude, I had to teach my son. I was like, Troy Aikman, he's a who? Ugh. Okay, uh, Good Will Hunting was the number one movie in America. Uh, I found out yesterday when I used that reference, and my wife has not seen that movie. Um, later, sweetheart, later. Um, uh, iPhones were still uh, 10 years away, yeah, and our pastor was nine. Nine. <laughs> it's no big deal. He was nine. I love you, dude. Um, <laughs> I had to take a shot. Um, some things were the same back then, like certain sin struggles with my students, um, uh, problems with dating, or parents didn't just understand them. Th those things were the same. Uh, but the things that I hear from my students now, I, I didn't hear then. The pace, the busyness, the overwhelmed nature, um, the steady exhaustion, the low-grade, constant anxiety. These were things that I didn't hear then. Uh, it's rare now for me to have an intentional or passing conversation with one of my students in this church that does not have the word busy in it. It's a problem. Busy is hurting us. It's a legitimate issue. This takes me to a moment uh, in, in Tolkien's book, because I'm a pastor on staff at this church. I'm going to reference J.R. Tolkien. Um, the, the Fellowship of the Ring, Bilbo Baggins is talking to Gandalf and he says this. He says, I feel thin, sort of stretched like butter over too much bread. This resonates with me on a deep level. I, I, I feel this far too often. I know I'm not alone. Author Andrew Sullivan uh, wrote an essay for New York Magazine, an interesting title. I sent this to the guys in my home group this week. Uh, it's a long essay. It's titled, I Used to Be a Human Being. It chronicled his insights after checking into a digital detox center and the things that he learned in his battle with what he titled distraction, sickness, and a hurried culture. And he said this. He said, I haven't given up even as each day at various moments I find myself giving in. There are books to be read, landscapes to be walked, friends to be with, life to be fully lived. This new epidemic of distraction is our civilization's specific weakness. 
and its threat is not so much to our minds, even as they shapeshift under the pressure. The threat is to our souls. At this rate, if the noise, if the busyness does not relent, we might even forget that we have any. I feel this. You feel this, the shape-shifting of the mind, the wasting of the soul, the toward pace of the body. And if I had to bet, I'm not alone in this feeling, feeling like Bilbo, thin and stretched, saying yes to too much, constantly adding one more thing, always describing my day as busy or exhausting. We were not meant to live this way. We were not. Consider Jesus' words in Matthew 11, beautiful passage of scripture. Jesus didn't say, come and take my yoke upon you for my way is super busy and full of hurry and there you'll find life. He didn't say that. Try this for me. Sometime between now and maybe even tomorrow in the the flurry of parties and football and all the things that are going on, try to find a place in the scriptures where Jesus was described as hurried. You can try. It's just not there. Dallas Willard said that hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. John Mark Comer said, hurry is incompatible with following Jesus. So what do we do? What do we do then? If this is our our culture and and the pace of our hearts and our lives and our minds, how can we fight against the pace of the things around us that we've been trained to keep? Is there a practice of Jesus' life that could set us up to thrive in a chaos of a modern society? Is there something we can do? Is there a remedy to the busyness that brings so much harm to our life? And the answer is yes. Jesus models, he offers a different paradigm for living. He offers a better way for flourishing. I think you know this and would admit to this. No one had more demands on their life than Jesus. Nobody. Nobody could meet needs like he could. No one could do what he could do. No one could teach like he could teach. No one knew the things that he knew. No no one was like him. But he offered a way of life that deserves imitation. Eugene Peterson's translation of Matthew 11 that I read a minute ago says this in the message. says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. That is the opposite of hurry. That is not busy. This leads me all, this problem of the hurt caused by being too busy leads me to our second point is that Jesus wants to help us. If you have your Bible, please turn to Mark chapter one where Bianca read from a minute ago. Mark chapter one, we're gonna be verses 35 to 39. I want us to look at this brief moment, the beginning of Jesus' ministry uh, that's really, really incredible. Jamin mentioned some time back uh, about some passages, a list of passages that he goes back to. This is one of the ones that I go back to personally, um, that I go back to. It's one for me when, when, um, when I need my heart and my mind and my body to slow down. So, so here's what's going on in Mark 1. Um, Jesus knew about a full schedule, okay? So our, our, our king uh, knew our life, right? He, he called the first disciples to life with him here. He taught in the synagogue. He cast out demons. It says in the chapter that a whole town gathered at his door. He knew about demands and he healed a man with leprosy. What do we learn then from our king whose days were full and his unforced rhythms of grace, his way of life? Let's look and see how Jesus wants to help us. Let me read this passage to us again. Starting in verse 35, it says, In rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, 
He departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, so it had become daylight. And they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. (laughs) And all the moms said, amen. And he said to them, let us go on to the next town that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout Galilee and preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. This is the reading of God's word. So the first thing I think we see from this passage, the first way that Jesus helps us in this busy life, this busy culture, is he teaches us to prioritize time with the Father. As we finish this year and move into the next one, he wants to help us by teaching us to prioritize time with the Father. Amidst all the demands of being who he was, Jesus slowed down in silence and in solitude to be with the Father. And, and I think it looked like three things. If you're writing stuff down, there's three things that I think it looked like. The first thing is this. It was, it was very strategic. It was intentional. Jesus spent the first moments of his day with the Father. Now, Jesus was fully God, but he was fully man, okay? So in, in more than likely what happened, if I had to guess, well, it's not stated here, if I had to guess, is that Jesus, knowing that he would rise early the next morning, more than likely went to bed at a good time so that he could get up early. His decision to be alone with the Father more than likely was not impulsive. It was not accident. It was intended It wasn't a statement of, you know, I'm up. This is a good time. It was on purpose. This revealed his great priority for intimacy with the Father. And and like many of you, over the last couple of weeks of the holidays and all of the things that have happened in that time, I lost some of my personal rhythms of abiding with the Father. Due to all the gatherings and the parties and the work and the family and the shopping and staying up too late and getting up even later, busy was hurting from me. Busy was stealing from me. And Jesus is teaching us then to reprioritize, to prioritize time with the Father by being strategic, by being intentional. He knew what he was doing. Second, The second thing that you see is this, is that Jesus' time was sacrificial. Jesus did something that I truly struggle with. He said no to good things so we could say yes to the best thing. I want to say it again because I'm, I'm putting myself out here and I hope you join me. Jesus said no to good things so he could say yes to the best thing. Jesus sacrificed productivity He missed ministry, if you will, to be alone with the Father. So what he did, he would have been fully in his right to wake up and immediately start addressing needs, immediately start healing, immediately start teaching, immediately start serving. He would have been fully in his right to do so, but that's not what he did. That's not what he did. He sacrificed ministry, okay? Because everybody was looking for him. 10 times in the book of Mark, Mark says, people are looking for you. It's not as if there wasn't demand on his life. People are looking for you. All that he might begin with the father. Verse 35 says that he woke up while it was still early. Jesus sacrificed comfort. He sacrificed comfort to be with the father. He sought the desolate place. He sacrificed time with people. Yes, Jesus, the greatest lover of people ever known, sacrificed time with people to be with the father. So right now, 
talking about time alone, all the introverts in the room internally are like high-fiving somebody <laughs> quietly. All the extroverts in the room are experiencing turmoil. The older that I have gotten, the more I've been around in my extroverted, achiever, doer, goer, checklister, the more I see my need for the desolate place. The more I see my need to move towards God and to sacrifice the good to be with what is best. I'm learning to say no to good things so I can say yes to the best thing. Third thing. The third thing we see that Jesus did is Jesus' time with the Father was simple. Jesus went to a place free of distraction so that he could pray. It's just really simple what Jesus did. It said that he got alone in this quiet, dark, desolate place to pray. Now, now the Greek translation of the word, the way that word is used, the verb tense of prayed there, praying, suggests that Jesus lingered in prayer. It wasn't quick. He lingered there for a while and kind of just was there, okay? Just kind of waited. It, it intended to be there for a while, lingering with the Father to talk, to listen, to be loved, to consider all that the day would hold and then eventually move towards. Jesus believed exactly what our incredible kids ministry team believes and teaches all of our kids, mine included, is that God wants to talk with us. Hear that. He wants to talk with you. He wants to be with you and talk with you. God wants to talk with us. I hope that this simplicity of seeing how Jesus engaged with his father sets you free a bit. How he spent time with the father wasn't unique or special. Okay. And over my years in student ministry, one of the most common questions that I've gotten from my students coming, looking for some secret high level Christian hack to spending time alone with the father, get alone, be still and talk to God and just pray with him. It's far more simple than our busy hearts and minds and lives think it is. It can be way more than just reading our Bible and prayer, but friends, it's certainly not less and it's a good place to start. Jesus prioritized time with the Father. It was strategic, it was sacrificial, and it was simple. And as we seek to move towards that at the beginning of this new year, Okay, that's meant to help us. Jesus wants to help us in this busy life. There are a few things you might feel. These are the things that I feel every time I go back to that passage, okay? There's, there's, there's an internal resistance and there's external resistance, okay? So at times in these unhurried moments with the Father, I'm gonna tell you what stirs up in me. Okay, so join me if you will. All right, number one is this, is in these unhurried moments, anxiety and fear start to creep in because as I'm still and quiet, my mind and my heart have time to catch up and point to all the things that I've been pushing off in my busyness. Anyone else? Often in these unhurried moments, like I'm reminded that my identity has been tied up in something or someone that it was never meant to be tied up in. Something or something, that, someone that can't hold the weight and we're never meant to. This is what happens in these moments. There's this internal resistance that is real and it's strong and it pushes back against that in me. There's an external resistance. I, I find myself seeking the desolate place, being glad to be there, and then immediately within minutes battle the feeling of needing to rush away because I found more of a home in productivity, in success, and in being seen. 
There's always something outside that's going to press and demand your time and your attention. And my friends in the room that are parents, you know this feeling. You know the feeling. You know the fingers under the door. You know the knock on the door when you just got in the shower, which might be your only place of solitude. The times when I'm absolutely in awe of my bride between loving me and loving our kids so well and working a full-time job, I don't know how she does it. I like keeping a running total in the mornings of how many times my kids say her name. Mom, mom. We got up to 12 the other morning before she was able to answer. Do you feel this? The demand will always be there. The internal push will always be there to push back against this rhythm, against this practice. The external uh, demands on your life will always be there. They're always going to be there. But as we move towards the help that Jesus offers us, I think what it does is it leads us to a new order of life. Or we're no longer operating for our identity in our busyness, trying to find some sense of satisfaction or fulfillment, our hope, and our busyness is actually hurting us, but instead we operate from our relationship with the Father. It's from time with the Father that we see Jesus move forward into purpose, into mission, towards activity. Okay, if you would look back at verses 38 and 39 as we move forward. And Jesus said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came. And he went throughout Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. Jesus shows us the proper order to life. The follower of Jesus calling to live from abiding, remaining, living, dwelling, praying, talking, being with the Father. Jesus started there, then he moved. That's where he was. He went there first, then he moved. His lingering with the Father sent him to his purpose. He switches the order of operation for us that we might find life. Justin Whitmill Early, fantastic author around these things. He's written a lot of great books on this stuff. Listen to what he said. He said, cultures have currents. Modern culture moves us with remarkable and silent speed down the shore of life into busyness. The easiest thing to do is nothing, which is actually doing something very significant, accepting the drift of modern life. When everyone is drifting in the same current, you don't notice anyone moving at all. Making the choice to swim upstream will look and feel very strange. But friends, Jesus wants to help us change the order of operation that our culture is setting for us and discipling us in that is right and true and good. But it's not. It's just not. It's not the life that Jesus has presented for us in his time with the Father. So what would it look like for us then? What would it look like for us then to be a people that prioritize time with the Father? I think it's the three things that we saw in the passage earlier that Jesus did. First thing is this. What would it look like for you then to be strategic? What would it look like for us to be a strategic people? Friends, I want to say this as you seek to move towards an intentional, strategic time with the Father regularly, that there is freedom in it. It needs to make sense for your season of life. It needs to honor the reality of the life that you are in right now. Uh, yesterday, one of my good friends that serves in student ministry popped by yesterday. Uh, he and his wife are new parents. When we talk about his rhythms of pursuit, it sounds a little bit like him leaving a Bible beside the chair that they feed the baby in at midnight. 
And as the baby drifts back off to sleep, they're in the word. That's what their rhythm looks like. That is not my rhythm. You want to know where I am at 12? Asleep. Right? But, but when my alarm goes off at 541 to the chagrin of my wife, like, that's my time. Why? Yes. Thank you. And amen. That's perfect. Couldn't do that again. Listen, I, I love the mornings. I love a good cup of coffee. Pastor says amen. And I have to beat the kids to the morning or silence and solitude just won't happen. It doesn't have to be the mornings for you, friend. What Jesus is talking about here is descriptive, not prescriptive. Okay? But it does need to fit your season of life. There's freedom there. But an intentional strategy is needed. Two, what, what needs to be sacrificed? What do we need to sacrifice? There will be sacrifices to our comfort, to our distraction, and to our productivity in the days ahead to find and move towards the best thing. There, there is a degree of grit and discipline that we'll have to see to know this time. It's just true. Because we live in the attention economy where distraction is king, uh, our phones will always be a part of this conversation, right? I'm aware that through that thing that we carry around with us in our phone, that infinity rides shotgun in the pocket, right? You have access to everything and everything has access to you, right? Technology, it's morally neutral, but it's chipped away at our ability to be resilient and to move towards slowness and solitude and quiet and listening. Friend, if your phone is with you, the world has access to you, it's okay to turn it off. God did not intend for you to be omniscient and omnipresent. Slow down. Busy is hurting us. Jesus wants to help us. Friends, relationships with anyone. Relationships of intimacy take a lot of time and discipline and intentionality. All of our meaningful relationships require these things just as it does with the Father. We have to move to order our days so that these things can happen. Okay, this relationship that we were made to have with God. We were made to have this with him. It's wildly inefficient and time consuming. It is wildly inefficient and time consuming. And yet still, it is the best thing. It is the best thing. It's entirely necessary. Number three, as I move to close, what needs to be simplified? At a student ministry, I told you guys, I get asked a lot, where do I start? Corey, what do I do first? Man, help me start. How do I move towards this time with the Father? And, and if you don't know where to start when it comes to prioritizing this time with Him, man, just, just simplify. If I were to even offer a suggestion, pick a psalm, read through it, let it direct your prayer, and then move towards the day and the purposes set by Scripture. Simplify. Simplify your time with God. I hope you enjoy the freedom of hearing that it can be just your Bible and just prayer. And then my challenge would be, like I would encourage you to find ways to move back towards that relationship throughout the day. One of the ones that I've started doing that kind of makes some people uncomfortable around me and they'll walk into my office is I'm just kneeling prayer. I'll stop everything that I'm doing and I'll kneel and pray just so I can focus my heart and my mind and my life that feels too busy in that moment back on the Father. It's here from the strategic, sacrificial, simple place with the Father that God then sends us out to his purposes to enjoy him, 
We get to actually enjoy him. Yeah, then we get to go out and love people and make disciples. And it all begins here in this place. After I spoke at the end of that chapel that I spoke at, um, I had a line of teachers and students want to pick my brain. And they were fun questions, and some of it made my heart real heavy and sad. Uh, the last girl in line standing there waiting to talk to me was just wearing heaviness. Like I could see it. And almost through tears, she shared her frenetic pace of life as a senior in high school and a deep desire to find this place with the Father. I could feel her shame as she expressed an inability to find this place that she so deeply longed for. She felt it heavily. And what I offered her in that moment wasn't a try harder, wasn't a religious platitude, wasn't a quick fix, because shame wasn't going to push her into that place. And a quick fix wasn't going to organize her day and strategically make it happen where she could just land there. Okay, what I offered her in that moment is what I want to offer all of us this morning, as this is something that I find myself longing but feeling very far from. If you're feeling what she's feeling, what I often feel, the hurt and the loss and the shame and the busyness of life, please receive this. There is an invitation to you to be with God. God the Father longs to be with you. He calls you to be with himself. He invites you to relationship with himself, to be with him because he loves you. Because he loves you and longs to be with you. This is what pulls us towards him. It's because he loves us. He longs to be with you and with me. It's what she needed. It's what I needed. It's what we need. Busy is trying to hurt us. Jesus wants to help us. He wants to bring us to life with the Father. So, so before we leave then, let's, can we do this? Would you do me a favor? If, you, if you're holding anything, <laughs> your phone, uh, your Bible, your journal, would you, would you put it aside for a moment, please? I hope that we can slow down before we move away from this place towards all the good things of the day and just be here right now. See if you would. Don't worry about the noise or the movement. Would you just close your eyes? Just rest with me for a moment. Just be here, right here, right now. Don't be anywhere else. Friends, please hear these things. God's desire to be with you if the busyness of your life makes you feel like that is impossible, I want to push back. The pace that many of us keep that says I need to do, achieve, to be, to get more, to find life, it's just not Jesus' way. And so in the stillness of this moment, before we sing another song, before we go to brunch or lunch or watch a game, I want to read these words of Jesus over you from Matthew 11. Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Then Jesus said to them, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest. 
for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Oh Lord my God, I am a busy person. We are busy people. Lord, we need your help. Busy has been stealing from many of us for a very long time. And so, God, we come to you and we acknowledge that your way is better. We acknowledge that the torrid pace of our lives has not brought us any betterment. But, God, we acknowledge that life with you, that begins with you and rests in you and finds identity and hope and life in you, it is from that place It's from that place, Lord God, that we can move, God, with right intention. We can start at the best place with you and move towards all the goodness that you have for us. So, Lord God, we confess our need and we sit now underneath your good ways, your better design for our lives. Lord, may we receive the invitation that you've given us in Jesus. Pray all these things in his name. Amen.